Welcome to the City Confessions. I'm Marianne Yip, a native New Yorker, and I'm here to discuss all the thoughts that go through the minds of people living in New York City. Being that I live in the city that never sleeps, I come across people who are constantly in a rush. I would like to take a moment to sit down and talk about what's on their minds and what keeps them up at night. So sit back and let's get ready to dive into these confessions with people I know and people that I've never met. Hi guys, welcome to the next episode of the City Confessions. Today I'm so, so excited because I... (laughs) Why are you laughing? Because it's fun. It's fun. being introduced. I love it. It's your first time also. It is. My first podcast ever. We're like jumping the gun. But I have Justin Dorson. He is the communication manager of 10, which is a dental startup in New York City. Um, we're also really good friends. Yes, we, we go way back. We go way, way back. Um, we went to Syracuse and we were in the same PR class and just, just, you know, senior year was a blast. Exactly. I, I just remember being in your PR class and I feel like senior year you did a capstone project. Mm-hmm. Well, we did a capstone project together, but you did your own project and you went out into the community or something yeah. like that and created your own photo shoot. Yeah. Which is so not weird, but it's it's a, a 180 because it's kind of like what I'm doing now. Exactly. And I remember thinking, yeah, she's a boss. <laughs> and then years later, you're doing that. Yeah. And it's pretty awesome. And it was so cool because you also worked at other agencies that have worked with me. Yeah. So we've worked together professionally as well. And exactly. we've remained friends, friends first. 100%. But, and I think that's why we bonded. Exactly. It was, But we got reconnected through work. Right. And then we were like, let's let's see what else there is besides. Exactly. Work. And we always amp each other up. And I always say every time we hang out, we both leave feeling really positive and optimistic yeah. about both like our lives professionally, mm-hmm. socially, maybe yeah. dating as well. <laughs> yeah. but. And that's what I love because I always say that relationship, at least for me and people who know me, I'm cooking some salmon, guys. <laughs> that was my oven. <laughs> But um, yeah, people who know me know that I value relationships really, like, a lot. So, like, and I always say that no matter what history you have with somebody, if they don't uplift you and you don't feel good after leaving an encounter with them, like, you need to cut them out. Yes. And so I love that you, like you said, you always amp me up and I just feel good. Yes, we feel good. That's why we're here together recording this podcast. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay so let's (laughs) we don't know what's funny but it's really funny i'm a little like also jet lag so like i can't even function right now right you have 24 hours in your apartment (laughs) 24 hours in my apartment and this is how you know i'm a go-getter because i was like i need to record a podcast i don't care like just come meet me and let's just bang it out we're out here in brooklyn Mm -hmm. and this is like super relevant i normally pre-record i don't want to say weeks in advance but at least one to two episodes but this is going live in like five days great i'll be sitting and refreshing until (laughs) it goes live yes okay so with all that being said sorry for the rant guys let's get back on track i want you to tell the listeners just who you are what your background is what you do and what your relationship is with new york city great um 
Wow. So as so my name's Justin. Um, I I went to Syracuse and studied public relations. And at the time, I was really unsure about if I wanted to work in the PR industry. And I remember senior year thinking, oh, my gosh, did I pick the right major? Like, I really had wet feet or cold feet. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wait, did you, when you, when we were freshmen, because you know how we took communication, did you debate on other? Other majors. Yeah. Which ones? I was TV, radio, film at one point, advertising, I really didn't know what major I wanted to pick. And ultimately I picked public relations because I felt like I would be able to do PR in multiple industries opposed to if I studied TV, radio, film, I would only work in TV, radio, film, but say I wanted to do PR for a TV company I could have. Right. Um, So over the summers, I had some pretty good internships. I worked for Men's Health Magazine doing PR. Yeah, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, see, now we're learning about each other as well. But then when I was graduating, I just had this fear. And I was like, I'm not ready to work in the agency life. Because as a public relations major at Syracuse, they're kind of like, you're going to work at an agency. Mm-hmm. You're working yeah. at an agency. You want to work at Edelman. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what they taught us. But um, my senior year, I took this class, social media and the public communicator. Did you take that? Yeah. Yeah. So it was basically this class for Newhouse students. We were in the journalism school, the communication school. And it kind of, this was 2014 when Mm -hmm. I took it, spring semester. Um, So social media was definitely a thing, but brands and um, TV shows like didn't really have huge social mm-hmm. presence at the time. So this show really taught us, okay, if you're going to be a journalist, if you're going to be a PR, you're going to do PR for a brand, how to really use social media and uh, build up your online presence. So during that time, I learned about social television and social TV for the first time. And it was interesting. Like now yeah. it's 2019, almost 2020. And we're like, yeah, everyone knows social media. Yeah. But at the time it was like, it was, yeah, it was totally cutting edge. And I kind of had an interest in it. And my professor set me up with another of my Syracuse friends, Melanie Whitcower. And uh, yeah, so she was starting this startup called Screenbridge. Do you oh, remember yeah, this? Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically she won a Syracuse uh, funding competition for her startup. And basically the idea was, her company would go behind the scenes during filming of TV shows and create uh, behind the scenes content that the fans crave. Mm-hmm. So I always use the example of Modern Family. Back in 2014, Modern Family's Instagram was just like a screenshot from the episode. So this brand would really go behind the scenes, work with the uh, actors and the crew members, the crew members yeah. and like take that content and post it on their channels. And it was definitely a roller coaster ride. It was startup life. Like, so I joined in April, right before I graduated, um, and was with Screenbridge through December. So it was six months pitching companies. Um, we competed in Tech Week Los Angeles. So it was out in LA for a, a period of time, like weeks at a time. So it was really exciting. Um, and there were moments where we really thought this company was going to take off. Um, we were jumping up and down, like thought we were making it big. Um, but and then also we we changed directions with the company and made it more B2B business business. But ultimately at the end um, we weren't able to secure a business and I gave myself a deadline and sometimes dreams don't work out at first. So at that point I was ready to transition into an agency job. So I did, I found a PR agency entry level 101 and kind of 
worked your way up. Worked my way up, but I don't know if you know this, it was kind of a bumpy road at first. Like at my first job, I cried a lot. Um, Maybe that's just the reality. I mean, I've had PR institutions as well, and that's when I realized I actually don't want to work in PR. Yeah. Which is weird because now I work with PR agencies, but I don't work for them. Right. Do you know? Like I still respect them because I have just like a natural interest in what they do. Right. And we studied it. And I, yeah. And we understand it. But I don't know if I can like be in it or maybe it was just the company itself because like we were saying, like you learn a lot about agency life and about in-house and what works for you and what doesn't. Exactly. And it's definitely a matter of interest. Uh, that environment was really intense and at first I was working in crisis communication. So mm. if you're familiar with that, it's really responding yeah. to crisis. And even a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. And it was my first job and a lot of big data. So I actually had a moment where I was uh, crying to HR. And I was like, like I, yeah. this is not what I signed up for. And they were actually really amazing because I had a good relationship with people in the company. Mm-hmm. And like I was doing a good job. They transferred me over to the digital department. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah. So then I worked for one of my biggest clients was a major bank and I helped uh, create social media content for them. Um, also created content for their like chief financial officers. So it was pretty cool experience um, for my first job. But then <laughs> I guess my first job was just like tough times because <laughs> after about a year and a half, I had it. I put my foot down um, and I quit. Yeah. Um, did you have another I job? I didn't have another job. I just was like 21 years old or I guess 22 at that point I was like I've been here a year and a half like I haven't been promoted like I'm working crazy hours like what what is going on here and I feel like that's an issue that a lot of young people have right no you're totally right and I think sometimes it's not even when you have it when you're 22 you have it even later like I know people now who are having it at our age and it's just a constant struggle maybe it's just like part of being navigating through your 20s exactly because Like you were saying, going back to declaring your major in college, like they expect you to know exactly what you want to do when you are, what, how old are you when you're entering college? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like how are you supposed to know what exactly you want to do? And then if you change your major, God forbid, because then you're adding X amount of years paying an additional tuition for whatever semester. It's just ridiculous, you know? I definitely struggled with that throughout college. Like I always had self-doubt on my major. Um. And it was just, like, really frustrating because, like, do we know what we want to study mm-hmm. when you're 18? Like, I wanted to study history. I wanted to learn about, like, ancient China. But then I was like, okay, yeah. well, not actually, but that's just, like, a <laughs> metaphor. Um, I didn't know what I wanted yeah. to study, like, anthropology. But I feel like nobody talked about this, but um, when I started my season two of this um, for the podcast, like, my confession was that I didn't know what the hell I was doing, even though, like, I think maybe you think that I know what I'm doing. A lot of people think that, oh, she has her shit together, but I actually don't. And then the episode prize is uh, Grace Lee. She's a social media strategist, kind of in the same boat as you. And she's like, I don't even know what I'm doing. It's just like, I think everybody, no matter how old you are, like is still trying to figure their lives out. Right, exactly. It's that, it's that. And it's like also kind of like, um, the idea of we're like imposter syndrome, right? Yes, I do like I deal with that all the time. That's something I definitely struggle with, especially as I move up in my career. It's like, you know, bro, like 
you were hired because you're good at what you do. But then it's like you walk into the room and see all these people with all these amazing credentials and you're like, what? Like me? That's literally me. Even like on my press trips or any opportunities I get, I'm like, wait, what? Like I, and you can, you you have to switch your mindset and think, going back to what you were saying, like I'm here for a reason. Like I am worthy and I'm enough and I'm valid and, and all of that. But it's so hard because you get in your mind and, I don't know why we, I don't even know why we think like that sometimes. Like It's just self-doubt. Yeah. And I think that's something definitely common. I talked about it with my coworkers as well. And even the ones who, who cares where you went to school, right? Like mm-hmm. you hustle hard for what you have mm-hmm. and what you earn. But it's just like, no matter what accolades people have, like everyone feels it to some point. So it's like, oftentimes I'm like, talk to myself. It's like, no, you're walking into that room. with confidence like you have to own it Mm -hmm. um and as I get older that's something I'm able to do more but when I was 22 I told you you guys I was crying at my first job with like every time I had something stressful happen I haven't cried at work in years yeah which is definitely like a step in the right direction um but so I, I quit this first agency job and the rest of the story kind of falls into place um I ended up getting this really cool opportunity to do this freelance social media position um, for, remember the Samsung phones that exploded? The Samsung Note Galaxy 4 or whatever number it was. So (laughs) I was, they did a U.S. trip across six U.S. cities um, promoting the phone. So basically they worked with uh, an artist named Timothy Goodman and they actually sell some of his stuff at... um, what are these fancy sh- like shops that you Supreme or no? Or no? I it's don't like know. Uh, a like home goods store. Oh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> wow. My brain. Like Cray and Barrel. Yeah. Like I don't know like why. This. I was thinking like cool, like street, street no. wear. Cool. Well, we can, anyway. <laughs> but the point is I was on a cross-country trip promoting the No Galaxy 7 phone. And it was just, uh, it was about a six-week trip. And during the trip, I received an email about a full-time job offer at a PR agency. No, when I left my last agency, I said, I will never work at a PR agency again unless I work at Edelman because Edelman is a... Edelman is the the top of the top. It's like what they told us in undergrad where you want to work. And I was like, I'm done. So while I'm in Chicago on this cross-country trip, I get an email from HR from Edelman and they were like do you want an interview? And I was like, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And did you apply or was it just like, so I had applied previously oh, okay. because you know, that was yeah. a dream and I didn't get it the first time. So they reached out and said a job at my level open. So they set up a Skype interview while I was in Austin, which was the next city. So I'm in my ho- bougie hotel room <laughs> as a 22 year old or 23 year old in Austin, Texas. I put on my polo because <laughs> I didn't have a suit or anything. And I had a Skype interview at Edelman, which is my dream agency. Um, and I thought it went well, but I was really nervous because interviews, hello, yeah. right? Um, but then, so th- so while I was waiting, the next morning, my boss pulls me aside and said, Justin, the phones are exploding. Like the note, I don't know if you remember this, but I it was remember, a whole yeah, huge yeah. crisis. These cell phones were exploding. Yeah, that's insane. Um, so we had to cancel the press trip, the trip, and I had to go back. Um, to New York, but literally when I landed, 
hours later, I got a call with a job offer from Edelman. That's crazy. And it was like your escape. They like the universe was just like you need an out. Exactly. Um, and I was beyond thrilled. And because I was kind of working with an influencer on this trip, this artist, they put me in the digital. Uh, it was consumer practice. Um, doing digital work, specifically influencer. So that was kind of like my end to the whole influencer yeah, world. Got it. Um, and just like slowly close the loop. I had an amazing time at Edelman. I was there for about a year and a half. But once again, I loved my team, worked on amazing clients. I think we did a project yeah. there for like a shaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I ended up leaving Edelman because once again, I was frustrated with this agency mm -hmm. life. I worked at HelloFresh doing influencer. Um, lo and behold, eventually the head of HelloFresh marketing works at Tend, which is where you're at now. Which is where I work now, and he kind of asked me to join his team. So now I work at Tend, which is a dental startup company in New York. We opened our first location in Flatiron, and we're opening our second location um, on Wall Street later this year. And the idea is doing dental differently. So it's pr really exciting. We've had a really fast start and more to come on that. Amazing. Yes. I'm going to leave all of the you know, description of all that in the, I mean, all of that in the description for those who are interested in dental startup or dental care. Yes, dental care, yeah. preventative, emergency, 100%. all of the above. We got you. <laughs> And I know it's crazy because it sounds like I had such a long career. I know. I was just going to say that. Like, I've switched jobs yeah. a lot. But luckily now, like, for the first time turning 27, I feel, like, excited about my job, about my career. I also have a side hustle, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But um, I'm also moving to the East Village, um, my first studio ever, which... Did you... Ever live in Manhattan? You have properties. I, I lived, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've moved a hundred yeah, yeah. times. I've had a hundred jobs. I know. You're just like everywhere. I guess. It's insane. Yeah. But maybe it's because it's just New York. Because where did you grow up? I grew up. So I grew up in, <laughs> I moved. No, mm -hmm. I grew up, I grew up in Westchester, New York. Okay. Until I was 11. And then I moved to New Jersey where I, until I was 18. Got it. Yeah. And then now you're in New York City. New York City. Of course. Where you're meant to be. Exactly. So... <laughs> Definitely a lot of moving changes in jobs, yeah. but I think that's reflective of our generation. A hundred percent. And I think it just goes to show that whoever else is going through changes in their lives, whether it's physical moves or just career changes, like, I don't know. I think it's like, you'll end up where you're supposed to be. I agree. So, you know, and I feel like no matter if you're unhappy or whatever the case is, like, just know that your time like will come. At least that's what, I believe in and I started to tell myself as well. Yeah. So like you just got back from an amazing trip all over Europe, yeah, right? It was great. And then like I'm leaving literally tomorrow. Okay, but enough about me. I want to talk about your side hustle oh, because yes. I think that is such a New York thing. Everybody has a side hustle and I love it. And your side side hustle is really, really interesting and I don't know anybody who does that. So why don't you yes. Give the people the the lowdown of it. Yes. So for the past year, and I'm very excited because I hit my one-year mark uh, the first week of November, I've hosted a drag show crawl. So I don't know if you're familiar with Airbnb experiences, but of course on Airbnb, you can rent your home. You can rent your apartment. 
but you can also take experiences with locals. For example, my first ex- my first time taking an Airbnb experience was in Mexico City. Awesome place, by the way. One of my favorite cities. And I took a taco bike tour with my friend. So this local guy brought out his bikes. We had a group of like 10 people. And he did a little tour to his three favorite taco spots. Um, and all payment is through Airbnb. They kind of have a pledge that you'll have a good time. There's really nothing to lose. So when I did that experience in Mexico, I was like, Yo, like I need to do this in New York. Like I want to meet uh, tourists and show them my city and take them out. Like this is this is what traveling is. Like mm-hmm. this is a new thing. So I came back to New York and I was so excited. And that whole summer I was plotting and planning. I was like, well, I'm not biking in New York. Mm-hmm. Hell no, that's <laughs> not me. Like I'm like I don't know what I can do. Like what's my thing? Um, there's a lot of food tours and stuff like that. So being a marketer. I went on Airbnb.com and kind of did an audit of what was available and not available. And I was like, you know what? If, when I travel, I like to do like gay nightlife. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do a drag crawl because everyone likes drag. It's kind of mainstream. I didn't want to just be niche to one specific community. So I launched a, a Hell's Kitchen drag crawl. So Hell's Kitchen is a neighborhood in New York where kind of um, is the center of gay nightlife in New York. So last November, I ran the New York City Marathon on Sunday, and I had my first tour the following Thursday. Um, I had my first week, I had, I had it for $10. I had two guests from Paris, um, and from there, it kind of took off, like pretty organically. Um, so that was a year ago. Now I have about minimum 14 guests come every week it's every thursday night from 10 30 p.m to 1 30 a.m um so i have i'm sold out every week i've been sold out for the past three or four months and if i'm not sold out i only have one or two spots available and it's really exciting um and you're like the number one yes i'm the number one nightlife experience in new york city um and i'm i almost hit 200 reviews and whatever business you're in, you know it's hard to get reviews. Yeah. So the fact that I'm hitting 200 reviews after one year is amazing. And I'm so passionate about it. Like, you come one night. Yeah, I actually came, what was it, like, two, two, three weeks ago. But Fairly it was recently. so much fun. Like, I just stood on the sidelines. Obviously, wanted to support you. But it's amazing to see your energy and, like, I know you as a person, but yeah. then like just to see, like you like light up, yeah, you know, and it's like I love seeing people do what they love. Yeah, it's so and I amazing it. I that, do. like you said, it's a side hustle, but I know that you have plans to kind of grow, you know, grow it. that. But um, it just goes to show again, like if you have a job, like it's great to have a job. Don't get me wrong; yeah. it's necessary to have a salary <laughs> and a paycheck. But it's also cool to do your thing on the side. And that's what usually happens when that usually takes off and it, it ends up being the same, like, paying rate as your, as your uh, job. That's when people normally quit. Right, exactly. So, or double dip for a yeah, little bit. 100%. Hey, this is New York. It's an expensive yeah. city. Um, I'm nowhere near that point yet. But the fact that I started not even knowing Airbnb, if Airbnb would accept my tour to being accepted to having two guests to thinking, oh, if I have five guests, that's amazing. I have 17 people coming this week, oh which God. is wild. I now have 
uh, co-host assistant who I pay weekly to help me get drinks Mm -hmm. um, and kind of rally the group. We're a large group, so keep everyone together in control. I was really lucky. I actually put out a request on Instagram, on my Instagram story and on Facebook. Is there anyone who'd be interested to help? And I found this amazing guy who I didn't know before. Mm -hmm. Now he helps me every week. So it's just like you never know who's going to help you out. And that's why I also want to vouch for Airbnb experiences because, um, you know, I'm love traveling and I feel and I've met people through that. And that's how. Like I've, it's going to sound crazy to people who don't travel, but like I've met somebody on a tour. They were stranger. They were a stranger. We kept in touch and then we like planned a trip together. And so like, that's just goes to show again that <laughs> traveling and experiences bring people together. And that's it's what true. I love it. I've, I've had people on my trip meet during this party mm-hmm. atmosphere and hang out the rest of the weekend and stay in touch because I oftentimes follow my guests on Instagram mm-hmm. and just keep in touch. And it's pretty amazing. Um, and there've been some really heartwarming people I've met. You would think, okay, well I host a drag queen bar crawl. So it would be a very specific type of person who comes, no. but like you came, there was like a there straight was, couple from was, Argentina. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> like if you saw the crowd, it's like amazing what people like it just, and also because we are, they're all from different countries they all have different interests. Like it's not, it's not what you even think in yes. your head, like who the targeted audience is. There is no, there is audience. no target audience. It's people who like to have fun. People who like to explore new things. People who like to just see nightlife. It's literally for anybody and everybody. If you're over 21. Well, yeah. That, <laughs> well, that's but, kind of weird, right? Because in Europe, the drinking right, age, 18. yeah. Uh, but if you're whether you're a local or not like you need to go and try justin's drag what's it what's the title drag fabulous drag crawl okay i'm gonna link that also in the description because it is just so much fun if you want a night out that's what you got to do guys exactly and you never know who you're gonna meet like obviously you'll meet me but there's all sorts of amazing people there's this one woman who i found really heartwarming um from russia so in Russia, you can't be out mm. like for safety reasons. And so b- back home, she leads a very private life. And when she was on my experience, like watching the drag queen, she was able to be her true authentic oh, self nice. and just had the best time yeah. ever. Um, I also had, a, a, I have a lot of families who come now, um, parents with their kids uh, because pe- oh, people wow. love drag queens. Yeah. So it's amazing to see it become more mainstream and even over the course of the year the the number of people it's been become more diverse i would say yeah i love that okay now i want to shift gears a little bit so thank you for sharing all of that um and i want to ask you what keeps you up at night and it's a more serious question because i want to just kind of you know dive a little deeper um into your life right now so whether that's related to your job or not or personal um do you have anything that's like currently just like stressing you out or that you're comfortable talking about (laughs) (laughs) totally i would say something that keeps me up at night is definitely my side hustle um without even explaining it more Mm -hmm. like i'm so passionate about it and i believe that it can become a big it can become big my goal is to have it eventually be seven nights a week 
not me hosting it per se, but so I truly spend a lot of time, not just at night, but like all the time, just thinking of ways to improve and to grow. I mean, you already, you applied for a LLC, Yes, right? I, I did. I started an LLC. So it's registered through uh, New York State as a registered yeah. business. That's like so impressive. I know when you told me, I was like, oh my God, so exciting. Because it's like so legit. Yes, it is legit. And I'm thinking of ways to create a website. I'll always be on Airbnb. Like Airbnb um, gave me so many opportunities, but I'm going to have my own website mm-hmm. uh, so I can have book people book through the site. And it's just more money from my company. I don't actually pay myself at all. Mm-hmm. I put everything back into the business. Um, and it just feels so good to be so passionate about something, especially you heard a little earlier, kind of be feeling lost in my career, especially at the beginning. So to have something that you're passionate about, whatever it is, I think is so important. And I talk about it a lot. So if any of my friends are listening, or my family, like, you know, like, thanks for the support. Clearly I am now. So I can stop. But like, I'm fully aware but I do spend a lot of my time thinking about that and I could be thinking of much worse things so (laughs) yeah it's good what advice do you have for people who want to start their own whether it's an Airbnb experience or or a business I think the first step is just believing in yourself because I think I've always kind of had this spark that I wanted to start something or do something like I worked at the startup um, right out of college Mm -hmm. I'm at a startup now mm-hmm. for my career. Um, I just like the excitement, but it's always hard to kind of put your finger on it and be like, okay, this is what I want to do. Like having a fully realized idea. And I think what like with your career, it's kind of the same way. Mm-hmm. Like when did you cross the line and become a quote unquote, like blogger influencer? It's just like, you have to decide for yourself that's what you are and that's what you're doing. You can't let other people define you or put it in a shape or put it in a box. Um, like for me, it wasn't, oh, I need to take one step forward. I kind of just did it. Right. And I found myself to be in this position. It's like, okay, well, what do I want to do? Do I want to just do this thing on Thursday nights and Friday nights and like kind of pocket that money? Or do I want to just like give it my all and try to make it a business? And I'm for trying to make it a business. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, I'll still be just as passionate about it. But um, you'll figure it out. That's exactly. what I always say. I think it's also very telling just of our generation, but even more so the generation after us. Like, I think nowadays when you like go after your dreams, like you're like self-made, it's actually not a uncommon thing now. It's almost it's almost more of like a, the majority. Right. It's true. And I think like uh, moving forward in the future, there's going to be more uh, freelancers than there are actual like salaried employees. That's my dream though. Like to, yeah. keep, to keep it real. I love my job. And as I said, I'm so appreciative and I feel like I will be there a while, but I would just love to work from home once a week. Yeah. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> no, I think honestly, that's where our general, again, society is moving towards right and like, like yeah less of just like a nine-to-five like it's like why why yeah. do you need to work a nine-to-five i you know agree I mean? like i would be a lot more productive in my apartment like yeah. in my room or yeah. if my building had a nice co-working <laughs> space i i might work there um but sometimes it does feel a little 
structured, like having to get there right at nine. Mm-hmm. And I totally get it. Like that's how some businesses operate. And like, I, it's a little different for me because we're at a startup. So there's like a lot to push and get done quickly because mm-hmm. we're growing. Um, but definitely when I was at agencies, like, well, I guess agency is a whole nother beast because know, people yeah. get in at 10 and. Yeah. I mean, every company is different. Exactly. So it's just, yeah, it's always, it's just about finding what works for you. I think there are people who actually love the nine to five and that's fine. I think we as creatives yeah. don't function well in that environment. Right. Um, but okay. So I want to also now ask you about the last component of the podcast, which I kind of alluded to prior to um, recording, which is what is your confession? And the whole point is that this is called the city confessions. And what really sparked me to even start this was the fact that there are a million people in New York city or whatever the amount is. And every day when you take the subway, when you walk on the street, when you enter my building, like you see people. And I think we all have a story. We all have secrets. We all have like juicy confessions. (laughs) So, what is your confession? So I feel like when I ask this, people usually look at me like, what? Because they don't really prepare this. And I I mean, to be fair, I tell you guys, don't prepare anything. Just come on and talk to me. But some questions that I ask to like get your thoughts yeah. think going are more like, what is one thing that you wish people knew about you? Or what is one misconception people have of you? Or like, what is something that you that will shock people you know like it doesn't have to necessarily be yeah. serious i know that the word confession it, it sounds heavy and it sounds like oh my god i need to think something really good like a good confession there's no such thing as good or bad confession it just is like it could be like literally um i don't know like i <laughs> Do you have like a confession about your roommate? You know what I mean? Like anything about like just that about one life. me over. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh. It doesn't be anything serious. A seek. I, I would say that a confession is not necessarily a secret that you're trying to keep. It's more of like a like a lighthearted secret, like yeah. a secret that's like I don't really care to like reveal. Right. I know I want to give a good one for I know, this, but I'm but just like struggling. All, there's no such thing as good or bad. Yeah. Okay, now that you've literally <laughs> taken like 10 minutes to think of a confession, do you have one? I, I do. Okay, what is it? So my confession <laughs> is after living with roommates for so long, I feel like it wears on your soul. And I am so happy and so excited and so over the moon thrilled <laughs> that you just have no idea. And hopefully I'm like portraying how excited I am to finally live alone. Oh my God. Like, oh my God. You're actually moving in in a freaking week, right? Yes. I'm moving in one week and one day or two days and I'll be living on the top floor, walk up with no dishwasher, <laughs> um, tiny little studio. But I will be in the East Village. And you'll be by yourself. I will hey. be by myself. I will be walking distance from work. You can walk. You can be naked. Yes, I yes. can do whatever I want. And I'm just thrilled. thrilled. Like, yeah. in New York, to live alone. It. I know. 
And it's funny because, I mean, I think a lot of people can relate. I mean, most of the listeners are in New York, but everybody has like a horrible roommate situation. I mean, I'm thankful. I love my roommate, but like in college, let's not even talk about that. Right. <laughs> but anyways, um, that's so exciting. Yes. Thank you so much. Oh my God. But are you going to come and like visit me in Brooklyn? So the thing is when I lived in Manhattan, on the Upper East Side, I was like, Brooklyn, no, never going to happen. And I even said I'm never going to live in Brooklyn. That's literally me. And right. Look at me now. Yeah. Like, you lived in Manhattan yeah. forever, your whole life. And then once I moved to Williamsburg, I like, never it. went back. Like, I mean, like, I'm more picky now going into the city because yeah. I'm sure you were as well. Right. Um, and then now it's like, but I love the East Village. That's where I basically used to live. So I Oh yeah, I'm I'm so excited. I will definitely miss Williamsburg. Um or as our Williamsburg Bushwick. We don't live far from each yeah. other at all. It's the same train line. It's called North Brooklyn. North Brooklyn forever for sure. Um but now that I've lived in Brooklyn, it's gonna be much easier for me to be like, oh, I'm gonna come back to Brooklyn. Right. Opposed to when I was living in Manhattan. I was like, wait. Williamsburg is so far. Yeah. I think the L train four stops from Williamsburg. <laughs> now I'm like, no, it's so easy. Yeah. I first Ave L yeah. stop is one stop from Williamsburg. I'll be back. Yay. I can't wait. I'm gonna like come visit you. Your tiny ass. Us like the two of us will fit in my apartment. Maybe nothing else. <laughs> but that's the price you pay for uh peace and quiet oh in this God. crazy city that we live in. I know. All right, I want to take a moment right now just to acknowledge you, your presence, your energy, just like your vibe, your, your like your whole being. And I'm so thankful that we are friends and that we reconnected yes. after college and that we're still great friends and we're like continuously building our relationship. Like I do you don't even understand how much again I value people. So, I don't know if that's a door knocking, but um yeah, so I really do appreciate you, and I'm like so happy again Thank that you, you came out on a Wednesday evening. Wednesday evening, and I feel the same way. We always hype each other, and that's like the best type of friendship relationship. 100%. To have. Yeah, and um, there's just so much gonna be going for you, I know, with like your business, and I'm here to support you through Thank all you. of that. Um, but yeah, and then two more questions before we, we like actually wrap up. Right. So, sec- second to last question is, what is the one thing you love most about yourself? The thing I love the most about myself is my smile. Oh, I love that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, I'm like, when you say that, I'm like looking at you, because I'm like, actually, you have a really nice smile. I think that like brightens up anybody's day. Yes. And then the last one, I mean, I, I think you already spoke about this, but it's like, what are you up to? What are you currently up to? What are, what are your goals for the rest of the year? But I guess it relates to... We did cover that. Yeah. World domination. Woo! Yeah. That's a great way to end it. All right. I'm going to leave all of Justin's information in the description as well as his Airbnb experience because all of you guys should book that. And um, stay tuned for the next episode. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.